Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot, and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218, or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www tinakinneyclark.com that's t-i-n-a-k-i-n-n-e-y c-l-a-r-k-e hey everyone welcome to show i have ann hints today here she is an author of the book a pathway to insights when ann was 19 she woke up one morning to find her mother dead in her bathroom 20 years later the tears from that trauma were still just under the surface. Anne found a simple technique that helped her release these emotions, but she went further and can now put her awareness inside her body and has changed the bone structure of her skull and grown a half an inch at the age 55. Anne has found that seeking out our truth, what we truly feel, and accepting those feelings is the key to inner peace. Welcome, Anne. I'm so excited to talk with you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm excited too. We already been chit-chatting about repeating numbers and uh, I don't know, EFT, nerdy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So Anne is an EFT practitioner, right? And yeah. uh, I've been, I'm also trained in EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, which is tapping your meridians while making statements, which is, sounds incredibly simple, but it's incredibly powerful. It is. Yeah. And I found that I worked out for myself how powerful it was before I started really using it because I wanted to know how powerful is this? Was it just a fluke that first time? or not so that was that was part of my path it's it's knowing for sure that it was really a powerful technique so at 19 you had this incredibly traumatic event and so why don't you tell us a little more about yourself and what happened and how you came to learn so much about yourself and tapping into your unconscious or subconscious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's what EFT does. Yeah, yeah. sure. So the, the finding my mother was kind of the culmination of the trauma that I had had. I actually 
straight when I was born, I had my right foot was up against my right shin. So I actually had physical therapy for the first six weeks of life. And I was adopted. I was handed over after six weeks. And the family I was adopted into, they had already adopted an, a boy. So he was two at the time, my brother. And then they adopted another little girl. And back then in England, the birth mother could change her mind up to six months. And this birth mother changed her mind. So my parents and my brother had looked after this infant for six months and then she was taken away from them. And I was the replacement for her into this family. So into a family that already had just suffered a trauma and they had Mm, to go to the first mm -hmm. six months of raising an infant again, right? They'd done six months, that hard six months. And then they had to do the hard six months again. (laughs) And yeah, so like, that was the mother better not take away this baby from us. Right, right. So, well, yes. So they wouldn't have been able to connect as easily because they would be concerned that this right. mother would also change her mind. Yeah. So, but they did wait till I was six months. All was good. And then we moved overseas. My, my dad worked overseas a lot. So but we went to Barbados first. Then we went to Sierra Leone in West Africa. And while we were in Sierra Leone, we actually had a house fire. I was the one who saw the um, flames come into my bedroom. I woke up and saw flames coming into the room. So, you know, that was a a fairly good sized trauma for then. And from from Sierra Leone, we went back to England for a little bit and then we went to Hong Kong. So we moved to Hong Kong when I was about eight and I went to school there. And when I was nine, my parents sent me to boarding school in England and I went to the same boarding school my brother did, which was actually a boys boarding school. So I was the first girl boarder at a boys boarding school. And someone said to me the other day that that could be fun. It was not fun. (laughs) The boys teased me mercilessly, horrifically for two years. And then from there, I went to a girls boarding school. So we'd go back and forth to Hong Kong, like across the world for vacations and then come back to England. And then from Hong Kong, we moved to Bahrain and I went back and forth there on vacations from boarding school in England. And it was during this time frame that my parents actually both became alcoholics. And so life at home was actually pretty much hell because you know my dad would drink all day. When he wasn't working, he'd drink all day. And then my mother would start drinking in the afternoon when he came home from the pub and she would drink a whole bottle of sherry every day. So um, I had that going on too. My dad also had anger issues. So I kind of shrunk myself down. I can't almost stopped talking because anything I said was wrong. And so there was no point in voicing my opinion. Was so, there something that triggered the alcoholism and both of them at the same time? They both drank a lot anyway. Um, I think that's almost the British culture from mm-hmm. going to pubs. But there was something when my when I was 13 and my brother were 15, that was actually the age we were told we were adopted. We didn't know up to that point. And that was the same age that my mother actually asked us if it would be okay if she left us, left the family, left us with our dad who had anger issues. And we said no. And she accepted that. She didn't have the strength to make her own decision. And I think that was probably what it was that that made her start drinking more. I think Mm -hmm. she kind of gave up on life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I was 19, we had actually been told she had cancer. She had throat and lung cancer from drinking and smoking. And it was terminal. We'd been told it was terminal. And 
that one night she died, she actually, a, a tumor in her throat burst. So it, it wasn't an expected death in, well, we knew she was dying, but it shouldn't have happened right then. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up that one morning and found her dead. And I was the only one in the house. My dad was working in Saudi Arabia at the time. My brother was his girlfriend's house. So I kind of had to deal with it myself at that point. But I didn't know how to do, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't deal with it. I just mm-hmm. suppressed it all because that's all we ever did. I didn't even know there was any other way of dealing with it. So I just carried on with life. I moved out to California when I was 21. I had a um, degree in computer science. So I worked in Silicon Valley. My boyfriend was already out here. So he's now my husband. And I just carried on with life. We had two boys and they were, they were young. And I had like a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at school. And I didn't think I'd done anything wrong, but they were really self-confident women. And they thought I had done something wrong. So it, it reminded me of my dad. And, and my mind just went into turmoil. And it just kept thinking about it over and over and over again. And I couldn't sleep for days. And that's when I realized that something must be still happening inside of me from childhood. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was my dad's, my dad's anger, the alcoholism. So it was a little bit after that that I went to a doctor's appointment and he recognized I was more stressed than I should be. And he asked me on a zero through 10 scale how stressed I was. And I said it was an eight. And then he asked me why. So this is what you kind of do with EFT. And I knew right then that it was my mother's death, which is now two decades earlier. And the tears, I knew because the tears were still just under the surface. So that's what came to mind. So he worked with me with this weird technique called EFT. As you said, it's short for emotional freedom technique. And it's also called tapping. And he tapped with me for about 15 minutes. And I walked away from the appointment being able to tell the story in my mind of her death. And the tears were no longer there. And it's like, that was such a huge shift for me that I, I knew there was something to this technique at that point, but I wanted, to, I wanted to know for sure. So I went home, I learned how to do it. It's really easy to learn. And the person who developed it, Gary Craig, gave it away for free so anyone could learn it. And I had a cat at home, an old cat, a 17-year-old cat, and he was, he was failing, his kidneys were failing. And we were told he had to have a daily saline shot. So the first time I gave him a shot, my hand was shaking so much. It was, I was just so afraid and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day. Just, I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I thought, well, this, this is a good test case. Let me try and tap about this. So I tapped about my fear of hurting my cat, my fear of giving an injection and my history around injections, because I'd had so many from living all over the world. And the next day when I gave him the shot, the needle just slid right in and there was no fear. My hand was totally calm. And that's when I knew this is a deceptively powerful technique. Doesn't look like it's doing much, but it made such a difference just for that one small thing. Yes, 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 yes. EFT is amazing. I don't do it enough. She was just telling me I need to do it about uh, my fear of videos which is probably right. I probably should be topping through that. But I, I, when I first learned it, I did sessions for free for practice. And like the, I had one woman who was so anxiety ridden from COVID when it, we first did the shutdown 
And she's one of my Reiki students too. So we tapped through it and she said it calmed her. And it doesn't take long, maybe one, two, three times for the absolute worst, you know, emotional intensity. And I, she said she felt better and I checked in with her months later and she's like that anxiety never came back. Done. <laughs> yeah, it is permanent. It's hard to believe that something like that can actually permanently change the body. But I realized it was, that was the case. It, it really yeah. does. It actually releases the tension stored in the nervous system so that it's gone. It's left the body. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So is that so tension just... stored in the fascia? Because we were talking about the fascia, which is the connective tissue that connects your skin and your fat layer and your nerves. There's a bunch of nerves in there all over your body. It's like a like a sheath, right, of tissue. Yeah, but it's also in everything. It's in bone, it's right. in muscle, it's, it's, and it connects the whole body, which, you know, I, I, later on in my journey, we'll get there. But okay. I recognize that, yes, it's it's totally connected. And that's where the memories, some of the memories are stored there. Um, it's where the tension is stored in that connective tissue. So, yeah, so I started using EFT every day. I started noticing when I was emotional during the day, which in itself is not necessarily easy to do because we kind of get caught up in the emotions and it's hard to stand back and say, oh, look, I'm getting emotional. So I would start doing that. And maybe I'd, at the beginning, I'd notice once a day, you know, maybe then it would be twice a day. Um, now it's pretty much all the time I can notice when that happens. And then I would tap on it. And I found my mind starting to become quiet. So that was my goal was inner peace. I so wanted things to change. And I knew there was a technique you could actually use where you write down all your history, all your traumas. So I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from childhood. And I tapped through one each night. I tapped for about an hour to an hour and a half every night until I had gone through all of my childhood. And I found just my mind started to become quiet. And I remember opening my kitchen door one day and saying to myself, you know, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because my mind was not spinning. It wasn't saying the same things it used to say. It was actually peaceful. And that's actually when I recognized that the words that I had been using in my mind, the voice that had been talking to me and the ones that had been judging me and judging other people had been my dad's words. And I had been programmed with them in childhood and I just replayed them. So it was when those words and that voice was gone is when I really noticed that things had changed substantially. Wow. I'm going to do this now. Write down all the emotional events and tap on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we become aware of more and more as it ha- as it goes. We, our subconscious mind opens up, our memories yeah. open up and we remember more and more. Yeah. Cause the other day there's something that I wouldn't say it triggered me, but I had a flood of feeling and it was one of my neighbors is planning to move away and we're not especially close, but I really like her. And all of a sudden I was just bummed out about it. And I was like, why am I bummed out about this? (laughs) But usually I just allow myself to feel bummed out, you know? 
which is feeling into your feelings and then it just eventually dissipates you know it doesn't right so EFT just kind of works a little bit faster yeah than that right because <laughs> we're allowing <laughs> yeah we're t- right we're tapping we would tap on feeling bummed out right I'm gonna miss right. her I feel a little right. I'm feeling sad that she's leaving we right. would tap through those feelings and we would also ne- maybe ask ourselves well when do when do I remember having that feeling again from my mm-hmm. childhood or my past when someone who I liked left was going to leave and then we could tap on that event too from our mm-hmm. past yeah so I started to use the law of attraction I started to to understand the law of attraction more and recognize that we are a signal right and the law of attraction is working all the time every second of every day we are attracting things into our future into our life and that attraction is based on our signal and the signal is the whole of us, right? It's our hair, it's our gender, it's our size, our shape. But what I recognized is the biggest part of that signal is this tension that we hold on the inside from our past. So if we've been programmed in childhood, like I was for sure, I think we all are by not just our parents, but also society and teachers, that programming lives inside of us and is part of our signal. So we're attracting things again into our future based on that trauma that we're holding inside of us. So if we experience something now that has some emotion to it, we've already experienced that emotion in the past because it's been part of our signal. So if we can find that signal inside of us and let go of the tension, then our signal changes and then our future changes. So that really helped me along the way. I would start asking myself, so how am I feeling right now? Because I'm going to get this feeling back again in the future. And if I don't want to get it back again in the future, if I don't feel good right now, then I I would tap it out so that I could come to peace right now so I could attract peace again in my future. And not only that, I would say would change the past and the people that were affected by that past event because you are all connected. So if you're able to release your trauma about that event, that may help the people involved or connected to that event do the same, or at least feel differently about it. Yes, you would feel differently when you interact with them because your signal has changed. Mm -hmm. So you will interact with them at a different frequency, different vibration. But not only that, I think that it would change their signal too. It depends how deep you want to go spiritually. Yes, but, but, but if you if you created them and then you've changed them in your history, then yes, you have yeah. changed them. So in Reiki level two, you learn how to send Reiki across distance and into the past and into the future. So you can take an event in the past that's traumatic and send Reiki to yourself in that event and everybody connected to it which changes how you feel about the event and guaranteed will affect everybody else in the event. Nice. So with EFT, one of the things I started doing was what I call air tapping. So instead of tapping directly on myself, I will tap on a virtual person in front of me. So it might be someone who was part of an event from my past, you know, it might be my mother, my father, 
um, my brother or or one of these women from that altercation, right? I could I could tap on their points and I could talk to them and say the words to them that I held inside at the time. Mm-hmm. And that does a similar thing. It's changing, it's changing that event in all sorts of different aspects. But I can also tap on the younger version of me. So and, if and, you were tapping someone else, what give an example of what the statement would be. Okay, I'm I'm not very um, organized with my statements. I tend to just say the words that I'm thinking. <laughs> so, so oh, like if it was my dad, like, you're really I can't stand you. Or <laughs> oh, absolutely, that's the point. We're finding our truth, our absolute truth, because we normally hide our truth, right? Uh-huh. So, so if I hate my brother, right? And I mean, he he did try to kill me at least once, multiple times, I believe. Um, I can say, I hate you. I really hate, or I hated you, right, from the past. Whatever words are in my mind, those are the ones that I would say and I would tap out because that's my truth. And what I've realized, because now I can get deeply in the body, is those words, the actual truth, is that's what's stored inside of us. It's our actual truth. So if we can get down that same neural pathway as what's stored inside of us, that's where the power of releasing through EFT is. So that's why I, I don't really use scripts at all. I know there's a lot of people that use scripts with, with tapping in EFT and a lot of people use the positive. I don't really use the positive because it's the negative. I now know, and we'll talk about that again in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the negative that's stored in the body. So, what I like about the statement is the statement is whatever for the listeners are not familiar it's whatever you're struggling with. And then you just say you unconditionally love yourself. And what I like about saying you love yourself is a lot of us are not saying we love ourselves, have never maybe ever said it. And so it's kind of almost like a forgiveness statement. Like, even though I'm really upset, that car cut me off, I still love myself. You know, that doesn't make make me a bad person or a weak person. You know, I just love myself. That's never going to change. Yeah. So that that is the original statement I found Mm -hmm. with the people I were working with that they had so much resistance to that statement that they couldn't get beyond it. They couldn't actually focus on what it was we were actually working on. They were only thinking about the resistance they had to saying that statement. Interesting. So mm-hmm. I use more the statement along the lines of, you know, even though my dad shouted at me, that is my truth in this moment. And it's okay that I feel that way. Okay. Yeah. To me, there's more relaxation in that. And that is the ultimate goal is to <laughs> relax into the truth, right? Allow mm-hmm. it to be okay that I feel the way I do. So okay that I hate my brother. Mm-hmm. okay that um this thing happens and we're just trying to allow the body to relax as we're feeling that feeling so i kept going so did you have any more questions about eft before i continue so when you're tapping someone else you're just trying to release your feelings that is connected to that person is that in the intent? What's your intention when you're tapping someone else virtually? Yeah, the intention is to allow those feelings to release out of the body. I mean, just what tapping does, that's what it does. Okay. And because, why would you do it? Them. Why would you do it virtually and not on yourself? 
because I've realized that the words we use when we're actually talking to the person are really the words that we stored inside of us. Okay. When we're tapping on ourselves and just talking about it to ourselves, we often do not use those exact words that we want to say. And I've seen that yeah. happen often enough that I, that I know that to be the case. So what and you're people, talking about is the core language, which is in that book, it didn't start with you. It's about trauma, you know, healing trauma patterns in the family. And that's that core language that you have to get to. Okay. Right. Because that's stored in the neural pathways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Because if you're tapping on yourself, you might just say, oh, you know, I didn't like my brother. You know, I just didn't like him. He did some things that I don't like. But that's that's not really stored directly. We're trying to get to the absolute the emotional core language. Yeah. Right. But if I stored in my mind, I hate you. Those are the words that I said over and over to myself in my mind. That's where the energy is stored. So if I yep. tap on him and I say it, I'm mm-hmm. getting to that that real um, core of me. Yeah. Nice. I've never heard of that before. So there's variations of doing that, you know, but I haven't heard with tapping doing that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of made it up as I went along. <laughs> I find out what works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People be like, what why do you do that during Reiki? I don't know. It feels right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get it from a book or my manual. (laughs) Yeah. So what I realized was that EFT was actually opening up the subconscious mind. It was actually expanding my awareness. So at the beginning of this journey, I'd heard the word awareness, didn't really know what it meant. I knew it was important, but now I have a very deep understanding of the word awareness. So to begin with, I was not aware of how I felt. Someone asked me, how are you feeling today, Anne? It was the, I don't know, I'm fine, <laughs> right? Because I wasn't aware of my feelings. But as I did more and more tapping, I became more aware, more aware of what I was feeling in the moment, the emotion. But then underneath every emotion is a set of physical sensations. So we're taught this in childhood. Excuse me. A mother might say to us, oh, you look sad when she is seeing the way we're holding our body. And so then we start to dissociate from those feelings in the body and we start using the word. We forget how we're feeling and we just use the words. So this whole process is reversing that So I started to become aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions that I was tapping about. And once I got to this point, I didn't feel like I needed EFT as much. I could have used it, right? I could have used it with the words like, even though I'm feeling this this frustration in my solar plexus, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I could have used those words, but I felt it more powerful to actually hold my awareness on those physical sensations. So I would do the same thing that I did with EFT, right? With EFT, we're focusing with our mind on the feelings. I was now focusing on the physical sensations. And when I would do that, to actually keep my awareness on the sensations, they would want, it to, they would want to move around, right? If I took a deep breath, it would be gone and I couldn't find it again. I'd have to think the thought again. So what I would do is I'd hold myself like a statue. I'd feel those sensations and then stop right there. I'd stop breathing. I would hold my breath. I wouldn't take a deep breath because that would shift the feelings. 
I would just hold my breath right where I was when I was feeling the sensations. And I would stay there. I would actually talk to the sensations in my body because I, I wanted to keep my focus there. So I would say things like, okay, I can feel you right there in my solar plexus. I can feel that tension right there. It's okay. I just want to feel you. I just want to allow you to exist. And then I would find myself needing to take a deep breath and something would shift. And then I would think that thought again that had those emotions. And I would do the same thing again and it would shift and release. And I would do it again and again with the same thought, just like I did outside with the EFT, right? We do it over and over again until the energy is dissipated. Now I'm doing at a deeper level of awareness and I would find that tension would dissipate and then that thought would become free that no be no emotion left no charge left underneath that thought yeah so that reminds me of when they say you know I think the answers are in the silence but also in being still physically still yeah and it's I mean it's feeling your feelings I call it feeling your feelings Mm-hmm. But, and we, you know, we, we use that sometimes as a mental concept, it's, you know, it's okay. Like you, you mentioned earlier, it's okay to feel sadness, but how deeply can you feel it? Right. It, this is a deeper level of feeling than I knew was possible before. <clears throat> and it was, it was opening to me. So in the evenings I started doing this instead of EFT, I'd kind of tapped out my childhood by now. So Mm-hmm. They were still wanting to work more. So I would lay on the sofa and I would bring collective traumas to mind. So I would think about 9-11, feel all those sensations inside my body, allow them to dissipate, then think about it again and do it again and again and again until all that tension had gone. So I would work on that. I'd work on the lower Prieta earthquake. I'd work on the tsunami, the um, nuclear disaster, all those big things that had happened in my lifetime. And the energy would dissipate. But at one point during this process, I realized that I could keep my awareness inside after the tension had dissipated, which was really weird. And the only way I can explain it is, or the only way I've been able to explain it so far, is that if you have a stomachache or a toothache, you can pinpoint with your mind where that pain is coming from. But once the pain has gone, you can't put your awareness back inside again. You can't pinpoint where it was coming from. I found that I could keep my awareness inside the body. So I started playing with it. It it just felt like play at the time. It's okay. I can do this. So let me put my awareness back inside and move it around. What does that do? And so I would notice I could actually feel the tension on the inside I could feel tension and no tension. So I would move until I could find tension. And then I would do the same thing. I would hold my awareness, hold my attention on the tension and it would dissipate. And then I'd do it again and again and again until the tension had fully gone. So now I'm at a deeper level than the physical sensations and then the words. So and I would you- Does your awareness include, did you see anything? I can sense, I can sense, I would say it's sensing, I can sense light and darkness and tension and non-tension. So are you going, are you going into cells, like at the cellular level? Can you see cells? I mean, 
I'm trying to picture how you're doing this. I know it's hard. Um, <laughs> I can I can only sense. I can sense okay. light and darkness. And I can so sense it's clairsentience. It's like feeling. You're you're feeling your way. Yes, maybe sensing, <laughs> using my feeling mind and not my thinking mind. Yeah, right? so I'm totally out of my mind. I'm not. I'm not doing much in my mind, but I'm feeling the the sensations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, to me, this is it was the beginning of the opening of the inner eye, right? Being able to see inside, inward sight. So, just to give an idea, how long are these periods? Like, how? <laughs> How long are we, did you get tapped out through your, you know, childhood issues? Just curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, tapping out the childhood issues was a few months, okay. maybe even a couple and, of months. And this is something you did like every day. Yeah. And I've done it every day. You know, I do. I do this many times a day. Now, people don't realize how good it feels to let go of tension that has been stored in your body for like decades. Mm -hmm. It actually feels really good. So I absolutely want to do it whenever I can. Okay. Yeah. So I started in my late 30s and it might have been really late 30s. It might have been, you know, when I was 39, 40. I'm 55 now. Mm -hmm. So and um, you know, so I tapped for a few years, probably feeling the feelings. I don't know how long that was, maybe a year. I I, I can't remember the exact time frame. Mm -hmm. I've been able to put my awareness inside my body probably now for about five years, I would think. Mm -hmm. And I'm just doing it more and more, right? So so I, I actually, when I was doing this, I started working in my lower right abdomen. And at some point, I would hold my, I held my awareness on this place that felt like it was a void. Um, so I, I, could, it's, I could sense it feel different. So I thought one day, well, I'm going to hold my awareness on that place. And I did. Again, I was kind of just playing and suddenly all this tension that had been hidden became, oh, I became aware of it. And it was this tension throughout my connective tissue in my right leg, all the way up across my body into my right, the, the left side of my face. And I realized that was the tension from when I was born, right? When I'd had that physical therapy with my right foot, mm -hmm. that it was still stored inside my body and had been hidden from me for 50 years. So to me, that was, that was eye-opening to actually, it, it felt like a black hole. It felt like going into a black hole and suddenly all this things that I had, the, this tension I had not been aware of, I was now aware of. And so I worked on that little by little you know feel into it let it go feel into it let it go and at some point um and it took quite a while many months possibly a year or more <laughs> before I could actually put my awareness inside my head and once I put my awareness inside my head there was so much pain and tension in there I had no idea no idea how those forces the power of the forces which were pulling my skull and my body out of alignment again I think from this childhood you know being born with my foot they were massive absolutely massive and that's what really solidified the understanding of the law of attraction for me if I have so much tension inside of me that I am not aware of it's got to be affecting my signal and what I'm attracting into my future so I worked on that little by little by little Right. It was so much pain in my left cheek specifically. I could only hold my awareness on it for like a second or two. 
but I would just do that over and over and slowly over time it's kind of opened up and um, I could actually feel my bones in my skull releasing into a more I know I now know a more aligned state but to me it was a a place with less tension Mm -hmm. and I would feel um I got to the place where I'd released enough that I could actually feel and hear something release which was kind of scary didn't know what was happening but I researched it and realized okay that's when I realized it's the connective tissue I'm actually feeling and hearing it ripping and it, it sounded and felt like old fabric ripping and that was that was deep release right I'm actually starting to release the bonds so that's why last year it was so great to get the new x-rays taken because I could see the changes from 2013 to last year and see that my eye sockets the bones have actually shifted to align my eye sockets and my jaw which was way off to the side is now more centered and my neck which I have scoliosis from I believe being born with my right foot Mm -hmm. Um, my whole body's been talked so that is starting to release and untalk as I'm releasing this stored tension in the body so you did you start at your foot and work your way up to your head or you just intuitively went somewhere wherever the tension okay wherever the tension wherever I was called to work is where I would work Mm -hmm. because I've realized that it was so much like an onion right it's it's one layer at a time because I, I could release one layer if I'm called to a place and you know I work so much in my left cheek I will work there because that's where the pain is and when I release enough tension somewhere else will release it's not necessarily where the pain is but yeah. going to the pain allows whatever needs to release elsewhere to release mm-hmm. yeah I know that because sometimes I scratch a point in my body and I feel it somewhere else in the body (laughs) and then I'll keep like touching it and go that is weird (laughs) well that's why the connective tissue right it's 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 fully connected right so I will release I work on that pain in my cheek and I will feel something in my right foot or my left Mm -hmm. foot release Mm -hmm. because it's working through that connective tissue now do you ever go beyond this lifetime like um into another lifetime where you might have had an injury and some of that's coming into this lifetime do you do any of that I don't because to me that's mind work or out of mind work this work is bringing me right into the body yeah but sometimes there's something in the body from another lifetime right absolutely and that could be the case yes so so I will be addressing that as I'm releasing these tensions because now I'm working I'm working in my bones I'm releasing tension in my cheekbones in my palate in my tooth roots so it's really really deeply stored tension that I'm releasing so who knows what I believe I'm releasing from the subconscious mind right deep in the subconscious mind which I think will be those early years because early on, when I was releasing more at a surface layer, memories would pop into my mind. As I released the tension, a memory would pop in my mind and just dissipate. Mm. So those were memories that I was aware of. But now I'm working at such a deep level, I don't think I have a conscious awareness of those, this tension that's stored. So who knows if it's from past lives? I don't. Okay. So you've been doing this for a while. 
Where are you at now? I mean, is there a stopping point? Are we going to do this forever? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I believe it's part of the enlightenment process. I believe it's a process. So, you know, as we start doing this work, that's early years with EFT, we actually feel lighter, right? Because we're releasing the burden that we've been carrying for all these years. So there's a a physically feeling lighter and not weight-wise, but just the burden we're carrying. But on the inside, right, I can sense light and darkness. So I know it was kind of like with my dad's words. I actually had to release tension on the inside and then I could see, oh, it was dark and now it's light. Mm-hmm. So as we're releasing this tension, the light that is underneath is allowed to shine through. So as I, I said, it's, I believe it's a process. So the more tension we release, the more enlightened we become. So I, yes, I imagine there is an end at some point <laughs> once we release all of this tension, but I know I've still got a lot to She's go. like, I tapped into the 12th dimension. <laughs> <laughs> but there are clues along the way. And I love, you know, I love seeing clues, this, this understanding, you know, someone on Facebook a while back, um, she was almost depressed and she couldn't see the point in following this journey, but she wasn't recognizing that things in, things improve along the way, right? Life gets more satisfying because you know more about your inside, right? As within, so without. Mm-hmm. So I know myself at a deeper level on the inside. So I see more on the outside, right? I can sense in other people things that I, I couldn't sense before. I can sense how energy works around things that are happening in the world that I couldn't sense before. My senses are, have improved, right? Some mm-hmm. the taste, my sense of taste is just amazing. I mean, just some things just taste so blissful. And, you know, even the head, right? The head is our echo chamber, right? So our voice comes up and echoes in our head to create the sound. Well, 10 years ago, I, you know, I would sing to myself in my car. I like to sing. I've always liked to sing to myself, but my voice has been awful. My dad used to tease me about my voice, but I've released so much tension in my voice that I can sing so much better than I ever could in the past. I can sing notes that I couldn't sing before. So just life becomes so much more satisfying the, the further you go along the path. So it's absolutely worth starting the path and seeing what happens. Yeah, I mean, just keep going because I didn't become, I didn't start doing Reiki or tarot or any of that till I was 40. (laughs) What if I gave up before that? You know, not that that's in my uh, repertoire to give up, but you know, (laughs) some some people do give up. You know, I come, my dad's side of the family, they tend to give up on life. And uh, yeah. And one of the things I've come to understand, I think it's true, not entirely sure it's true, but I think it's true, is that the more trauma we have in childhood, the greater our capacity for spiritual growth. Doesn't mean we're actually going to fulfill it, but Mm -hmm. I do believe the more more we've gone to one side, it opens up the capacity to go in the other direction. That makes sense. The other thing is I grew half an inch. I mean, who would think you would grow half an inch as a (laughs) 55-year-old? That is cool. (laughs) Right. As we age, we we tend to get tighter. We tend to shrink. 
And I believe that is the connective tissue clamping down because we thought the same thoughts, we felt the same feelings over and over and over again, and it tightens those tissues down. And this is releasing that tension, right? So I think we have the capacity to not shrink or possibly even grow because my neck has released so much. So, you know, now I can see in different physical perspectives than I could ever see before because my neck is much more flexible. Mm-hmm. So I can see other perspectives, you know, mentally other perspectives as well, which is fun to experience. So I do believe that over time, this work will actually almost reverse the aging process because it's making the soul Sign me up. <laughs> I think it's making the soul more comfortable in the body. I think I am sensing through the connective tissue, which is where our soul resides. Yeah. And once the soul is more comfortable in the body, once, once it's not tied in so much, why wouldn't it be happy to stay longer? I think it would. Right. And if you're spiritually expanding, your body expanded at least upward, right? And made you a little taller. So, and I think, you know, I've heard this before about our soul is wanting to come in more fully in our bodies. And so the more you release all that darkness in there, the more of your light of your soul can come in. Absolutely. And I think then we tune into spirit more easily. I think that tension that we hold inside a connected tissue, which is, I would say, our ego, that kind of distorts the signal from spirit. So once we release it, um, I think we can tune into spirit much more easily. Mm-hmm. So when you say enlightened, what do you mean when you, you talked about being more enlightened? All of that. I mean, it, it, as I said, it's that feeling lighter. It's that the lightness shining more because it's the darkness is being released. And it, it's a process now. Who knows what happens at the end of the process? I don't know. I just believe that this is part of the process of enlightenment. You just start dancing with the Buddha or Ganesh. Ganesh likes to dance. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe that's, you know, symbolic of the the lightness and the freedom that you have inside the body. Mm -hmm. So are you helping people learn how to do this? I have a YouTube channel that has um, videos on um, these different aspects of it, including EFT and including feeling your feelings. And my book, I write down, I, I wrote my book once I was able to put my awareness inside and realized that it was releasing the third eye, the inner eye, because I wanted to explain it, wanted to explain the steps that I had gone through. So when someone else could take those same steps if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so Um, So that book is available. It's called A Pathway to Insight, and it's on Amazon. Wow. Well, that's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. So please follow the process. You know, we we have so much, so many emotions with everything that's happening these days. But I think it's all coming up now so that we can feel the feelings, feel the emotions, the the physical sensations, and let them go. If we don't, if we store them again as fear, as um, being petrified about what's going to happen, then we're recreating it again in our future. But if we allow it to come up now and we tap it out, 
or we feel those feelings and let them go, then we're changing our future and we're not going to attract it again in our future. So now's our opportunity. And I, I feel like everything's getting ramped up and intensified right now. And we need some tools to work through this. You know, it's like we weren't taught this stuff no, and we need to learn it. It's out there. There's so many wonderful ways to heal out there. I mean, right now I'm, I've been searching sound healing and how different sounds can open up the chakras, align the chakras. And I'm just fascinated by this whole sound thing, you know, I'm very new to it, but, you know, again, sometimes it's intuitive, right? Yeah. And, and when you're ready, I mean, that was part of my, my journey. I realized, you know, there's that saying that God never, give, never gives you more you can handle in any moment. And I recognized that was true, at least along this path, right? I, I wasn't ready for all that tension inside my head and, and my leg until I was ready for it. When I was ready for it, it showed up. But, but that, that sound healing was actually part of my journey as well. It was part of my understanding. So before, before COVID, I had a group, a tapping group, and we'd meet once a week. And at the beginning of the group, everyone would sit in a semicircle and close their eyes. And I would play a series of chimes, chakra chimes, just one series. And then everyone opened their eyes and share their experience. And I realized that there's a spectrum of awareness and, and it showed up really well here. So there were some people who only hear the sounds with their ears and some people who would hear the sounds with their ears, but feel some um, sound vibrations in parts of their body. And there were other people who would feel the sounds deep inside of their bodies. And it's a spectrum of awareness. But now the people who only hear with their ears, they know there's somewhere they can aim for because that's where I started. I started only being able to hear the sounds with their ears, my sounds, or the sounds with my ears. In fact, I went to a sound healing a long time ago and, you know, it was nice enough. <laughs> I heard the sounds, but the lady next to me sounded like she was having an orgasm. She was so feeling it and making all these sounds. It's like, I want to have, I want to experience what she's experiencing, but I didn't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. So these, this process that I went through expands the awareness so that you can feel those sounds deep inside the body because the body has relaxed it's softened right and soft things absorb sound and then there are people who can hear sounds that no one else heard yeah different vibrations yeah I had a friend that had some crystal bowls and we would get together once in a while in a group and she would just play them you know just hit them and we would all lay down and I remember hearing something and I was like, what is that sound? Because it didn't sound like it was coming from the bulls. And after yeah. we were done, I said, did anybody hear that sound? It, and everybody else was like, no, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear anything. I heard something that wasn't being played in addition to those bulls. Hmm. And so then you the, have... Yeah. The, you can pick up more, you can pick up a greater um, expansion of sound vibrations than other people. Yeah. And then the other night I woke up in the middle of the night, I heard, so you remember those old dressers with the metal handles and you, they could flip. Remember those? 
and they kind I of do. make that yeah. clanky sound. That's what I heard. And I woke up and I was like, what the? You know, almost like a cat was flipping a handle or something. And I have no cats in my room because they would disturb my sleep. And and so I woke me up, but I, I know it was probably my spirit hearing that heard that, not an actual, like if I, my husband was awake, he probably not heard it. It was very mm. distinctive and it sounded just like those dresser metal handles that you could flip. Uh-huh. You know, you would open it up and it would fall back uh, towards And do you dresser. have do you have one of those? No. no. <laughs> but you used to. That that memory yes. is inside of you. Yes. Yes. But the uh. sound is familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> so interesting wanted to play you could tap on that sound tap on your memories of that sound Mm -hmm. and see what memories come up I have a lot of tapping to do (laughs) (laughs) well and can you share with people how to find what's your website and your youtube channel called and how can they contact you sure I have my website it's my name and hints a-N-N-H-I-N-C-E dot com. And my YouTube channel is just under my name too. Just search my name. And I have a public Facebook page that I love to write things on. And and my book. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and and sharing all of that with us. I mean, it's amazing what you've done. Thank you. It's been fun. I love to share it. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.